the 216th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebounded, May! It's over! Carolina has won! 72 and how about them Tar Heels they are the national champion pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's it the Tar Heels are the national dadgum champion love guarded by Keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it Caleb from straight away here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today as Carolina is in the midst of a five-day, almost a six-day layoff between their loss on Monday evening to Miami, heading into the all-important game this Sunday at NC State. And so, uh, with that in mind, I thought it was a good time to bring on a guest to talk about the state of the team as their NCAA tournament hopes are on the line. And I turn to ACC Network, and she does some work for ESPN as well, Debbie Antonelli. We've, you, you've, you've heard her on the call uh, from, from for certain games this year. And, of course, just over the last 10, 15 years, she has been around this conference, been around Carolina uh, talking about ACC hoops. But she also had a chance to talk with former Carolina basketball coach Roy Williams at a fireside chat just just last week. So we're going to dive in to, to that. We're going to talk about how old Roy is handling retirement, talk about this uh, this team this season, and so much more. So without any further ado, let's dive right into my conversation with ACC basketball analyst Debbie Antonelli. I am now joined by ACC uh, men's and women's basketball analyst Debbie Antonelli. Debbie, good morning. How are you doing today? Josh, thank you so much for letting me come on your podcast today. I'm so glad to spend some time with you. How are you? Uh, I'm 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 doing okay. I could be better uh, if if the Tar Heels would have you know would be winning a little bit more on the basketball court. But you know we talked last year, and when we talked last year, teams you know things weren't looking so uh, good for us, and then we went on a, a magical run. So I'm hoping. We can. Uh, I'm hoping maybe you know th- this conversation with you will help spark another turnaround. And uh, so um, we we are going to talk a little bit about this year's team. But you know, when I first reached out to to bring you on, you told me it might be better to wait because you had a chance to have a fireside chat with former Carolina basketball coach Roy Williams. I know that took place just uh, just uh, about a week ago or so. What stood out to you uh, the most about that conversation with the former coach of Carolina basketball? 
Well, a couple things. Uh, first of all, Josh, you're right. The last time we visited, uh, North Carolina was in a rut and they went on a run. And I think they're in the same position right now. So I know we're going to get to that a little bit because uh, I did believe they had a m- enough talent to make a, a deep run, which they ended up doing. So, uh, but with Coach Williams, Look, I'm a kid that grew up in Cary that loved basketball. I played at NC State, but I had a great affinity and affection for everything North Carolina because my coach, Kay Yao, did. As much as we were rivals, I had uh, incredible respect for North Carolina, especially their two guards, because that's who I studied as a player. I watched Matt Doherty and Steve Hale and Jeff Lebo and uh dante calabria you can go on and on uh but to sit down with coach williams a guy that i've admired respected and had an opportunity to coach his teams was just absolutely a bucket list item for me i actually gave up a game to do it because it meant that much to me to be able to sit with him spend an hour it was a special event it was a hundred people at 250 a pop it was an event to raise money for the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And I read Coach's book. I've known him for decades to learn more about him and to actually ask him questions about how he grew up and where his love for the game came from. And all those things are not things you do on a game day, uh, but it was really fun. And uh, it was genuine. He was funny. He was insightful. He gave advice. And uh, it was really fun to be around him for that time. But my favorite part was the 20 minutes before in the back in the green room where he and I were just sitting there hanging out. Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we get a chance to see him, and he travels around with the team, and he also shows up at, at random college basketball games, it feels like, from time to time. So it appears that he's enjoying retirement. How much, did, uh, how much of, of, of uh, or if uh, any, did you get a sense that he misses coaching and wishes he was still on the sidelines coaching Carolina? Well, he does miss coaching, and he misses the relationships of the players, and he does admit that. He does miss the game day, the, the X and O part of it. He admits that. Uh, I definitely think he is why, it's why he's still around. I mean, he has enjoyed it so much. It's been such a part of his every day for so many years. And he's won at such a high level at Kansas and, and at North Carolina. And so I, I definitely believe he misses it. Uh, I don't know if that means he's going to go back in it, but I know he's enjoying spending time with his family. He loves his grandkids, and he's really having a great time doing that. As a matter of fact, when he walked into the room, the first thing he said to me was, hey, Deb, you got to help me get out of here at 6.59. I have a flight waiting. If we don't make the 8.30 window, uh, the weather will not allow us to leave, and I got an 8 o'clock tea time with Michael. <laughs> so, I mean, who can say that, right? I've got a charter flight waiting. I'm going to play golf with Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't want to miss it. Of course you don't want to miss it. <laughs> yes, sir, I will have you out of here on time. You don't have to worry. It won't be my fault that you don't get there because I don't want Miss Wanda after me. I'm sure one of the things he doesn't miss is some of the negativity that comes with the position of coaching Carolina basketball, especially when you've got the record that this team has. They're 16 and 10 overall, just 8 and 7 in the league, and they entered the season preseason number one and an overwhelming favorite to win this conference. You've called a few of their games so far this season. In your opinion, what is the biggest reasons for the struggles on the court this season for Carolina? Well, I think you can point to a couple of things from a skill standpoint. I don't think they shoot the three well enough. I think that's been documented, but it's a little bit more deeper than that. I think it's shot selection overall. 
uh, it is clear that the analytics would show you that playing through Armando gives you a higher percentage, whether you get more sides in ball reversal or, you know, you play, he draws two. And it's the same thing as ball screen um, defense. You know, you, you get under overhead strap by jam, switch, drop. You get people that come, two people that come to the ball. Uh, it changes the space on the floor. So I think those two things, um, you know, shot selection and playing through Armando, because, I mean, he's got – you know, he's he's a willing passer. He averages a little around an assist a game, but that's not what he's out there to do is pass. He's out there to score. I would pinpoint those two things specifically as things that I think North Carolina can do a much better job with their personnel. Let's keep it on Armando Baycott really quickly because, you know, so far during the course of the season, he has become Carolina's all-time leading rebounder, and he set the record for most double-doubles in the history of the program as well. But he said he came back to win a national championship. So as much as we celebrate his individual goals, he you know he's more concerned about the team prize. If this team doesn't get back to the Final Four and they don't win the national championship, how will that impact his legacy at Carolina when his career does come to an end? Well, first of all, all you have to do is to walk into the Dean Dome and look up and see the number of jerseys and the number of people that he has passed along the way from a rebounding and double-double standpoint. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's phenomenal, especially for a guy that I would consider plays at the rim, right? I mean, he's he can dunk it and all that, but he's not like a high flyer, you know, at 7'1 with great length and wingspan. You know, he, that's not what his game is. I mean, he is a strategic plotter in the paint that has athleticism and skill and can score. He has done a phenomenal job and his improvement from his freshman year as well. It requires a lot of work when no one is watching to be able to do what he has done. So I don't think his legacy is going to be impacted at all in a negative way. Um, certainly not if they don't make it all the way to the title game like they did last year. He has taken a team to that point. So... Uh, and, and yeah, the North Carolina brand is arguably certainly top five, maybe top two, maybe some people think the best brand in college basketball. So, uh, I mean, I don't think his legacy is going to be impacted negative, negatively, negatively, excuse me, negatively at all. I mentioned that Coach Williams probably doesn't miss the criticism, and all that criticism now comes at the expense of Hubert Davis. And I don't know if I told you this when we talked last year or not, uh, but but I own it that I fired him last year when they had back-to-back blowout losses because I didn't think he was the right guy for the job. And we know what he went on to do leading this team to the national championship game. But come back a year later, as I mentioned, 16-10 and 10 overall, 8-7 and seven in the league. A lot of Carolina fans aren't happy, and they continue to voice their displeasure with him. Is all of that criticism fair given, you know, the status of the program and the preseason expectations? Or does there need to be some more leniency with a guy who's still just in his second year as a head coach at Carolina? If you knew anything about Hubert Davis personally, you would never criticize a guy that has poured his heart and soul into trying to help this team and figure it out. And, you know, the relationships that he has with his guys are outstanding. So it is – um all-encompassing connectivity sort of uh if you knew hubert yeah i mean there's sometimes where the game gets away from them or they guys don't show up and they look like they're ready that's not always on the coach <laughs> sometimes that's on the guys and 
you know, I watch this team prepare. I know the staff. I know how hard those guys work. I know what they're doing. You have to be supremely prepared at this level to be able to play. Now, North Carolina has a lot of depth and experience. Should they be playing better? Yes. I've seen them play well, and I've seen them play very poorly. So that's not new for me. I saw the same things last year. I saw them play well, and I had them when they were down 30 to Miami, and then they lose to Pitt, and then they go on this run all the way to the title game. Who wants to see North Carolina as an 8, 9, or 10 in the NCAA tournament? I don't think anybody (laughs) wants to be on the opposite side uh, in that bracket. And so is there still room? Yes. Do they still have time? They do, uh, but they got to pick it up and they got to do it collectively because if you can't do it one-on-one or individually, that's not going to work. Not with the talent in the ACC and the game planning around trying to take away Armando Baycott. We're talking with Debbie Antonelli. She's an ACC men's and women's basketball analyst. You catch her on ACC Network and ESPN. A few more questions, Debbie, and I'll let you go. I know you got a shoot around uh, waiting for you. Um I think Carolina's best starting five is Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, Puff Johnson, and Armando Baycott. Yet we continue to see Pete Nance in, a, in, in the starting lineup. Do you agree with my assessment that Puff Johnson is a better starter for Carolina over Pete Nance, or do you think Hubert's doing the right thing by letting Pete Nance continue to try to get acclimated here and figure it out? Well, I like shooters. So, you know, (laughs) Leakey has improved his three-point percentage. He's made 10 on the year, or excuse me, he's made 20 on the year. But when it comes to making a game, a a shot with game pressure and game duress, that's a tougher situation for him to be in. So I'm not sure exactly if it matters. You know, I think we spend a lot of time worrying about who starts. It's really about who finishes. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, Puff's coming off the injury. He hurt his knee. He seems to be getting better. I think uh, he, he does space the floor in a different way maybe than Pete does. Certainly, we all know that Pete is not Brady Manic. Um, he can shoot the three. He can stretch the floor some. But North Carolina, when they play with that big lineup, that is really challenging on the glass to deal with. So it depends on who they're playing. I think it's situational. Uh, and I, and I co- I'm not copping out on it. I'm just telling you from a strategic standpoint, there are some lineups where you need to play big and there's some where you might need to play small. Now, going against NC State, who's their next opponent on Sunday, those guards are quick, they're athletic, and they can go downhill on all the Carolina defense. So that might be a situation where what matchup is Pete Nance going to be able to manage with the speed and the pace with which NC State plays? That might be something that Hubert Davis and his staff might be thinking about. So in terms of Sunday, yeah, I could see Puff Johnson in the starting lineup on Sunday. As I mentioned, you've covered, you know, you're you're covering the ACC on both sides. So you've seen Carolina, but you've also seen virtually every team this conference has to offer. And and the standings are turned upside down with Pittsburgh being atop the standings after being picked 14th in the preseason poll. Who do you think the best team is in the ACC? And and how excited are you for the ACC tournament, which is just under a month away? (laughs) I can't wait, Josh. You know, this is our time, right? Um, this is what we love. Um, as kids, I remember the AV cart being pulled into <laughs> my classroom so we could watch the tournament during school. Uh, this is this is the, the dream, right? 
And it is for the players. I think they understand and recognize the significance of being called an ACC tournament champion. Uh, I like Miami a lot. Mm-hmm. I know they lack some size on the front line, but the way they defend, the, the adjustments that Coach Laranega makes, Isaiah Wong plays with um, incredible focus. Uh, I also like NC State. I think their backcourt, get if they can get hot, Casey Morsell is coming on. I know they lost at, at Syracuse in their last game, but uh, that was um, you know that was a tough loss for them. DJ Burns can't get in foul trouble, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Everybody knows that. But I'll tell you what, Virginia, the way they defend, their ability to score, uh, those are the teams that I like right now, that I think right now, and, it, and, you know, obviously if we were doing power rankings, that would be the teams that I like. Now next week it could change based on, injuries or who wins who loses and some other factors that come into play here towards the end but i am very excited about the acc men's tournament uh it's going to be funny to see some teams wearing white when we usually see them usually wearing dark colors at the tournament so (laughs) that'll be interesting and uh i'm I'm excited to be there all right i'll get you out on this really quickly last year we talked and 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 i do believe that our conversation helped spark carolina's run to the national (laughs) championship game for that to happen again this season, what needs to change about what what needs to change for Carolina for them to live up to those preseason lofty goals and expectations? Move the ball, no ball stoppers. Defend and get in a stance and play as hard as you possibly can, and then the next guy comes in. That is pretty simple formula. <laughs> now, more strategically, you got to play through Baycott. I think there's times when I think Hubert does a great job of bringing him away from pressure off the block and then diving him back down. I think all of that helps change the space on the floor, and it gives more driving lanes for RJ and Caleb. Uh, and, you know, Leakey just needs to do his thing, which is really good at a high level. There's a chance Leakey could be the National Defensive Player of the Year. He's certainly on the list from Naismith. And uh, I- I'm excited to see what Carolina does here to turn it around. It's a huge game in Raleigh. It's a big weekend over there. As a matter of fact, I am changing my travel so I can go to the Hootie on Friday night, Josh. So I can't wait to go and uh, hang out uh, at the PNC Friday night, and then I'll be out of there for games. But uh, I'm looking forward to um, seeing what happens on Sunday, and I think that could be – that's really a pivotal game for both teams, to be honest with you, because um, NC State has a chance to make a deep run as well. And so this will be a high-level clash of two great rivals, and uh, I can't wait. Neither can I, Debbie. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on. Thanks for coming out of your day. Uh, you, you're one of my favorite analysts to listen on the call because you do just a you know you do a really great job breaking down the game. And as we just heard in this interview, there's a passion and a love for ACC basketball that we all can relate to. So uh, thanks again for your time. Get to that shoot around, and we'll talk again later. Okay. Thanks a lot, Josh. I, I, I appreciate you staying after me. I, you know I wanted to come on and spend some time with you, but I just couldn't work it out. And I'm glad today was the day. And uh, you have a fun time uh, covering the heels the rest of the way. Yes, ma'am. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Josh. There you go, guys. That is Debbie Antonelli. 
She's actually leaving right now to go do a shoot-around for Florida State's women's basketball game tonight. So she's always on the move, always going somewhere, talking ACC basketball, whether that is men's and women's hoops. And uh, just a great conversation about what she took away from her time with Roy Williams earlier this week, uh, the, the amount of preparation that Huber Davis pours into this team and this program. And she also gave us some insight, something we've been talking about all season long, about how how this team can get going in the right direction. Well, guys, that's all I have for you guys today. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break. I'm going to get you the latest offer I have from DraftKings. Then when I come back, uh, I'll shut down this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all those good offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. And uh, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before I let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit our website, HeelToughBlog.com, where we got you covered on the latest with Carolina basketball. I'll be getting you ready for this massive matchup with NC State on Sunday with the game preview. Of course, I'll be there with the game recap on the same day as well. As for football, things are a little bit quiet right now around uh, around Chapel Hill, but whenever anything does come out of, of, of noteworthy, Anthony will have you covered with all that. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast where we will pop up, where we, where we do encourage you guys to rate, review, but more importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, I want to thank Debbie Antonelli for joining me today. We want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.